Hello and welcome to Talking Talkies. We're your host Benny and Mina. And thank you for joining us. So before we get into this episode, uh, please be sure to click the follow button so that you can update when a new episode drops. Uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that the show could get some visibility. And if it's your first time listening to our show, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, we revisit classic movies that we've enjoyed. Uh, and we try to break them down uh, through the questions, what worked for us, what did not, and how does the movie hold up today? So uh, always a word of caution, there will be spoilers ahead for the uh, movies that we will be discussing. So if you care uh, about something like that, we highly recommend you first watch the movie, what we are going to discuss, then listen to this episode. So Mino, I... I have to say I'm really excited uh, for this movie we're going to be talking about. This is uh, this is 36 years old, yeah. but you know, in almost 25 plus years of watching movies, uh, especially Tamil movies, this remains my all-time favorite movie. So I am really excited to hear your perspective on it and. Uh, breaking down all aspects of this movie and the movie is Nayagan Police are here varla pelu nayakattu udavi kettu vandirukke naalu perku udavumna eduvum thappilla Just a word of caution for the listeners. I am the novice on this episode. And Benny, I'm going to need insights from you in terms of how big an influence this movie has had uh, in in South India. Okay. And of course, all over India, but more in South India. So as we go through, I have a couple of questions before you start deep diving into the movie. But before that, I guess you want to give the listeners a bit of synopsis and background. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for people who are not familiar or who just need a reminder. So uh, Nayagan is a, a Tamil language 1987 crime drama written and directed by Mani Ratnam. The film stars the great Kamal Hassan with support from actress Saranya in her feature debut. Uh, and other supporting actors include Janagaraj, Delhi Ganesh, Nirgal Ravi, and Nasser. So the story itself is loosely based on the life of the Bombay underworld Don Varadarajan Mudaliar and the American film, The Godfather, that came out in 1972. So this movie became a critical and commercial success, and it is considered a cult classic today. It won national awards for Kamal Hassan as Best Actor, PC Sriram for Best Cinematography, and Tota Tarani for Best Art Direction. It was also India's official submission for the Best Foreign Language Film at the 60th Academy Awards and was included in Time's list of the all-time 100 best films. And uh, to give a very short synopsis of the film, it is a common man's struggles against a corrupt police force that puts him on the wrong side of the law. 
He becomes a Don who is loved and respected by many, but his growing power and influence exact a heavy toll. Specifically, it is a story of Velu Naikar, who transforms from an ordinary slum dweller to a feared Don. So it, it really is a very, very simple premise for the movie. Uh, it really just all about the life of one man from his you know childhood to his end, <laughs> uh, so to say. So there, there's no twists and turns. There are some mild, you know, like big moments that happen in the movie, sure, but nothing that you would say is like a huge twist. So how this movie is considered a, one of the best films ever made, especially in Indian cinema, uh, it's something we're discussing. And I'm so glad that uh, I get to discuss that with you, Amino. So even before we get started <laughs> or to get started, what, what, what questions or what did you want me to lead with? Yeah. So I wanted to give a bit of background of how I watched Nayakan. Uh, first I watched was Dayavan, which was a Hindi remake of Nayakan. Okay. That's the movie I first watched. And then in the days before cable, Doordarshan would have regional movies with subtitles played on Sunday afternoons. Uh, and I still remember the time also, it used to be at, at 1.30. So we would wrap up lunch and as a family kind of event, we would sit in front of the telly to watch regional films. Naikan is how I watched. I watched a lot of South Indian films uh, through the Sunday viewings. That's how I watched Naikan. Okay. And obviously Kamal Hassan, I we knew because he had debuted in, he had his Bollywood debut in Ek Duje Ke Liye, which was a raging hit. Uh, a tragic romance. Then um, I absolutely loved him in Sagar. Um, and he actually was nominated for Filmfare Awards for that film. So he was not an unknown face for um, Hindi movies also. And then there was the epic Sagma right. as well, right? So and I watched Naikan much later. Uh, so I already knew what an amazing star he was, an amazing actor. What I want to understand from you is two things. I always think, like Bollywood, Tamil films also were pretty formulaic uh, in terms of the stories and tropes, etc. What is it that set Nayakan apart uh, from those formulaic films? Or was that a phase where this was completely different to what was being churned out to the audience? Do you Have you read about this? Have you had discussions around this? Yeah, I, I would have had to have discussions about it or yes. did my own research because no, I was a year old. <laughs> You're giving your age. I, I can understand. Yes. Um, so when I first watched the movie, it was like, I think it was late 90s or early 2000s. Yeah. So the movie was around for a while. Um, and I was actually curious when, you know, I was doing my research for this episode yeah. and I looked at the movies, the Tamil movies that came out in mm. those um in, 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 around 1987 when this movie was released and for listeners who are not familiar with indian films or tamil films let me give you some context for most people when you think indian cinema you think bollywood but bollywood itself Correct. it's hindi films exactly and hindi being the national language sure that's like the biggest industry within india but then you have all these regional film industries um, you know, each state has their own industry because they have their own language. And so Tamil Nadu, this, uh, the state that's in the southernmost part of India, they have their own industry. That's Tamil <laughs> industry, <laughs> or some people like to call it Hollywood, um, okay. because most of the films 
uh, are shot at a place called Kodambakum, which starts with the letter K. And okay. so they just call it, uh, not very creative, but Hollywood. Uh, there are so many different types of films coming from India, right? Like every year. And so when I look back to the 1980s, I was curious to see what kind of movies uh, that came out. And I was actually very surprised, pleasantly surprised to see that there were a lot of good quality films. Mm. I would go as far to say the quality of films that came out in the 80s, like starting in the late 70s and then all the way in, in the 80s, the quality of movies are probably a lot superior to some of the Tamil movies that are coming out today. Oh, so interesting um, because, you know, I keep telling you Bollywood had the biggest slump in the 80s. <laughs> like a handful of movies yeah. were good. So th this is very uh, interesting. It is because I've heard, you know, some of the movies that I saw were made during this time. Um, they were just so relatable. Yeah. Um, now, if you think about any movies in the context of today's time, uh, I think most people would have heard about the movie RRR, mm. right? Like it's now that is a, a typical Indian film that kind of transcends industries in the country because it's got everything that a typical Indian movie needs to succeed in the markets, so mm, to speak, mm. to get people to come to the theaters and watch, which is, you know, it's got the action, the drama, the melodrama, the <laughs> songs, all of that. But what I noticed from that era, the late 70s and the 80s, uh, the Tamil films, a lot of the Tamil films were focusing on relationships, so relationship-based drama, and they tackle like different topics. They tackled mental health. Oh. They tackled um, divorce and marrying a divorced woman. You know, those kind of like topics, which in a very conservative country, at least super conservative at that uh, in that era, at least, they made movies which made you think. Right. And I was really impressed with some of the movies that... I've I've heard about those movies. I've even seen some of them. But you know, in while doing research for this film, I was like, oh, they were all made around this time. Same time. And yeah. guess what? Eighty to eighty-five percent of the films were starring Kamal Hassan. So <laughs> he, <laughs> he was. was on a hot streak. Yeah, he he, he, he was a, a me probably the biggest star at that point, wasn't he? I mean, I'm not very familiar with the careers of the superstars of South, but Kamal Hassan is a yeah. big big name. Kamal Hassan, he went, so when he acted in this film, Naigen, he was 33 years old. Yeah. Uh, or I should say when the film came out, he was 33 years old. So obviously he was a slightly younger when during the making of this film. But even then, that was, uh, he, that was his 27th year in films. Whoa. He had already been acting for 27 years at the age of 33. His first film was in 1960. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had already been made over a hundred films wow. in four different languages. Actually, five if you include Bengali. Apparently, he's even done a few films in Bengali, which I was not aware of. Wow! And he's done a silent film, which I believe was in the same year. So even at this age, right, like the age of thirty-three, he's he's an he's a veteran. Yeah. Most people start out at that age, but he's already a veteran of. Correct. Indian cinema, not just yeah. Tamil cinema, of Indian cinema, because he's acted in all these languages. He's worked with the top directors to the point where producers and directors approach him and ask him to act in their movies. Like he doesn't need to go and like ask people for 
opportunities or chances. So he is a very big star. So at this time in the 1980s, it really is two actors who are ruling the roost of Tamil cinema. Do you want to take a guess who the other one is? It's obviously Rajnikanth, isn't it? <laughs> yes, and it, it really is fascinating. And maybe one day we'll do an episode on Rajnikanth and Kamal Hassan. How the journey of the journeys of Rajnikanth and Kamal Hassan uh, from the seventies, when they they started acting around the same time. Well, Kamal Hassan has already been acting for a while, but yeah. Rajnikanth started acting in the seventies. To this day, till twenty twenty three, they are still acting. They're still commanding, yeah. like you know, packed theaters and like big streaming deals and all of that. And that speaks testament to the stars that not only the stars that they are today, but the stars that they were because they have this huge track record. So it really is impressive, um, the staying power that Kamal has had for such a long time. So even in 1987, he's, you know, at the peak, he, he's yeah. acting like a three, averaging between three to five movies a year. And this is like, both Indi Hindi cinema, Tamil cinema, and then he goes for a while and does like Telugu and Malayalam. Like he's just like <laughs> All knocking everything out. He's he's writing scripts. He's like directing, producing. So yeah. he is, um, if you talk about Indian cinema, you cannot talk about, you know, the, the best and the brightest minds of Indian cinema history without talking about Kamal Hassan. Like, yeah. and that's the one thing that's always defined him he's he's always been ambitious he's always wanted to try different things i mean talk about rajnikanth right like yeah. both rajnikanth and kamal hassan were acting in similar kind of films in in the 19 like late 70s to 80s because they had a very common mentor uh who goes by the name k balachander hmm. and they did a lot of these relationship dramas but also right. exploring friendships or exploring mm. male toxicity and all, all topics which even today big stars would hesitate to take on right because they have their own fan following and they know what their fans want and they want to give them which is funnily enough what Rajnikanth has gone into because for a long time Rajnikanth and Kamal Hassan were kind of on the same path right. and then starting in the 90s they their past diverged so Rajnikanth fully became like a commercial Stop. actor um and without any argument he's the bigger superstar I would say yeah. in, in Tamil cinema but Kamal Hassan he decided that he wanted to do a mix of both critical and commercial hmm. um films and so it, it really is uh, fascinating how you know they decided to do that and still in their own ways they've managed to have this huge fan base yeah. uh, that spans decades, spans regions and countries. Yeah. So, it's, you know, um, actually, we were having this talk uh, uh, amongst friends when Shah Rukh's Pathan came out and why it made the business it did. And mm -hmm. uh, we friends were discussing that today's generation, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking, say, generation, millennial, millennials at the end of the the end uh you know the late 90 uh, early mid 90s whatever and the gen z people will not have a superstar phenomenon we will not have yeah that. i i think for me i feel like sharok and take cricket sachin is like the superstars have that phenomenon will not repeat again so in in right. bollywood there was 
Dilip Kumar and then Rajesh Khanna then Amitabh was like the real superstar like he just blew up and then Sharuk was the only one who came close uh, to the superstar dam or status that popularity that Amitabh had and i think it's same for Kamala and Rajneekanth you will not have that superstardom phase again i think it's done with you know that that's yeah, my belief yeah. because our attention spans are so short now benny people get famous for one or two years and then they just disappear and people are famous because of insta reels people are famous because of a twitter thread or whatever okay it's so short this longevity that these people all of them had and the fandom has only increased it's not gone down okay it's a sustained fandom that has stayed we will not see that with anyone else is i think this is the last generation that we will see it. that that's my feeling somehow yeah no that that is 100% true and i think that has been accelerated by the rise of streaming platforms yeah um because now people are very selective about what movies they will go to the theaters for right Correct. now people will divide movies by okay i can wait till this comes up <laughs> on the streaming platform <laughs> exactly or this is the kind of movie i'll go i'll take my whole family and go to the theater for and so people like kamal hasan people like rashmi yeah. khan people like shahrukh khan there will be people who will be like first day first show i'm going yes. i'm going to take yes. my family right <laughs> and that's because of that superstardom now you can the movie itself may not be great but a lot of people don't care no people no. want to go and watch their favorite movie stars the story is secondary the yeah. everyone else is secondary true the actor has to come with a dramatic entrance with yeah. the background music just like you know and people need to dance and i have no complaints i'm like yeah. you know what that's something very unique about indian cinema and i don't mind that at all um now Yes, it will fade away eventually because people's attitudes towards cinema has changed because our exposure has increased because Correct. now on Netflix, Amazon Prime, I can like go and watch like a Korean movie or yeah. a Spanish film and now and then if we are we have a choice between a really good international film or even like an English film and then we have on the other hand like an Indian film that we just know is not going to be that great. Yeah. You know what you're going to pick. And exactly. so now that's forced Indian filmmakers to be more intentional about the kind of films that they make, uh the stories that they want to tell. And so you will see and I I I don't think it's died down yet because at least in Tamil Nadu we still have uh Vijay and Ajit who are mm. now the two, top two actors uh that people want to go and watch watch in the theater. In theaters for. And so they're kind of carrying the legacy of Rajnikanth and Kamal Hasan uh to an extent uh but it's another story that Rajnikanth and Kamal Hasan are still at a level that yeah. other actors cannot reach yeah but, that's what um, i feel they you they will have their selective fandom but this is like a cult okay like right the popularity right. is insane it transcends regions it transcends countries i don't think that level of popularity any stars are going to have like like these few names that we've mentioned marna hai mujhe marna hai maro 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 naad chani satru a kya So most of my Tamil movie viewings um, have been Mani Ratnam films. 
partly also because of Roja, A.R. Rahman, uh, Anjali, uh, you know, so it's all Mani Ratnam for me. So yes, I'm very restricted. And like I said, I gave the first disclaimer, right? I have watched very, very few Tamil films. But Mani Ratnam, Kamal Hassan and A.R. Rahman have been the influences because of whom I've gone and watched the films. A little bit of Mani Ratnam because he wasn't the big director that we know him to be. And he is one of my favorite film directors. I love what a... Uh, different genres he's covered, different stories he has told. I really enjoy his films. But a little bit of background where Manin Ratham was at that point when he went with Nayakan's script to Kamal Hassan. Yeah, so, so Manin Ratham is another uh, fabulous story, right? Because uh, in 1987, when Kamal and Manin Ratham collaborated, they were at different fears of their filmmaking or film journey, so to speak. Because like I said, Kamal Hassan at this point has acted in over 100 films. He's been in the industry for 27 years. He's at the peak of his powers. Mani Ratnam has, uh, you know, he started directing in 1983. His first film in Canada was kind of an average hit. And then he had done three other films, which are not as critically, you know, well-received. But he was still identified as a young director with a lot of potential. And so he he was someone that people were just like waiting on um, to see like what, what he's going to come up with next. And, you know, for a young director, that's a good place to be. In 1986, he directs this film called Maunaragam, which becomes this huge hit. And people are like, oh, finally, he's realized the potential and... <laughs> Boy, were they wrong because that was just the start. <laughs> Not exactly. Um, was was a great movie, but Nigan in 1987 was the first indicator of how different Mani Ratnam was uh, to all the other filmmakers at that time. Because, like I said earlier, there were a lot of good Tamil films um, in those years. And again, a lot of them were from Kamal Hassan. So it was not like people were waiting for someone to come and do something groundbreaking and different. But Nayakan is, it stands out in that time mainly for its scope yeah. and ambition, right? It's an epic story. Yeah, it, it's, it's a, a it's story. a tale. It follows the story of one man or a character over the course of the film. And it spans like different uh, people over the course of, you know, a lifetime. And there weren't a lot of films like that. There were a lot of films about a family. Most Tamil films back then, and I think this is very true for most regional films back then, there were no high stakes. You know, there was no like Avengers kind of uh, stakes or like superhero movies kind of stakes. The world was not in danger. Everybody was fine. (laughs) It was just about... uh, uh, it was just about a family trying to make it through with their own, you know, struggles and different situations. And then here comes this gangster story. And it's not a straightforward gangster story. And I'm sure we'll no. talk about this later about yeah. does how does this or does it glorify a gangster? Um, but it's so much more than that. It yeah. was a very nuanced portrayal of a gangster and also consequences. Yeah. And that was something that was very different for that time. Uh, a lot of the compliment has to go to Mani Ratnam because yes, Kamal Hassan brought in the acting chops, but the writing and the, the direction screenplay. and 
I should also mention the music, which we'll talk about in a little bit more detail later on. Yeah. All of that was made possible because they had a very, very good uh, crew who yeah. worked behind the scenes, so led by Mani Ratnam. So back then, you know, uh, this is just the start. And it's amazing that he created this movie uh, for, what, four or five movies into his career. And since then, he's gone on to do... Big more amazing work. Yeah, more amazing work. Yeah, we'll yeah. probably explore some of those movies yeah. uh, on the show down we the should. road. But yeah, we this should was down the just... road at some time talk about Roja because that just opened <laughs> so many. And Anjali, well, I think amongst Mani Ratnam films, Anjali is very close to my heart. I loved it. Again, one of my Sunday afternoon viewings on Doordarshan is where I watched it. Yeah. Um, Roja for many. Anjali. Reasons. Anjali was made three years later in uh, 1990. Wonderful and that story. was the second film from Mani Ratnam that was submitted for the best foreign language film. Um, yeah. Because the Academy Awards. Revati is one of my favorite actresses. And uh, Ragu Varan, I, have I got the name yes, right? Yes, Ragu Varan. Yep. They were excellent as parents. So maybe we will cover about it uh, at some yeah. point, if any. So, it, it, like, like I said, you know, Kamahasan, Mani Ratnam great collaboration and it was always going to be fascinating to see what the two of them could come up with and the final product was this epic movie that's become a cult classic referenced in pop culture even today in forms of movie songs characters uh movie titles and and so on and people even reference a lot of the lines from the film the songs and so on so i want to start with what worked and we could probably hop back and forth between what sure. worked and what didn't. Honestly, I'll tell you right now, there was not a lot of things that did not work for me, <laughs> even though <laughs> this is 36 I mean, years old. Yeah. Like the, the things I have noted down, actually I can completely overlook and forgive in terms of, because the time period it was set in, <laughs> I didn't, they wanted to add a bit of angle, you know, a little yeah. bit of melodrama maybe. But for me, what I really liked was there isn't, over-the-top melodrama in this film. And you could have had it in so many places, okay? Because for me, the underlying theme of the movie was uh, the suffering of the poor because the law is not on the side of the poor. And the second was the loss of loved ones and how it impacts the central character, which is Naiken. And to me, Kamal could have gone crazy over the top in terms of dealing with grief or portraying grief or portraying anger and in nowhere I felt uh, even on a rewatch right because I watched it after I guess after two or three decades and two decades and I'm thinking that no the pacing was just excellent it could have dragged in so many places and it doesn't drag at all uh, because you're yeah. looking at what his whole life like five decades right from a 10 year old to let's see he was 60 whatever 60 65 no way does the pace slacken for the movie for me. That, that was the biggest, uh, my biggest observation. Yeah, I read somewhere that they cut out like 30 minutes worth. Well edited. Well uh, edited, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so that probably explains why it didn't really feel like we got stuck somewhere yeah. and we were just like waiting for it to move to the next phase or anything like that. Um, I think that brought its own kind of pitfalls in some ways. And I'll talk about some of those scenes. Uh, but you're right, you know, as far as uh, no melodrama. And I think this is something 
that's become a signature for Mani Ratnam. And if you see, if you notice in a lot of his films, he ditches the very stereotypical Indian melodrama. Correct. When I say stereotypical, um, you know, you take like four or five, any five Indian films, you will see a lot of overacting in them. Exactly. Right? Having <laughs> is the word. <laughs> the director says, hey, convey sad. And the actor oh. just goes all out. They cry, <laughs> they thrash, and the expressions are everywhere. And we, we've talked about it before, and I'm sure we'll talk about this again. Um, but the art of subtle acting, you know, you can convey so much through just your body language, True. through your eyes. And a lot of actors unfortunately feel like they have to do it with hand movements and like if they don't say it out right like verbally or if they don't like explain it with their hands and do a very exaggerated kind of acting that we as the viewers will not understand what's going on and i think with money ratnam if you see a lot of his films have the the main characters are always uh not always but most of the time they're very understated and a lot of the story would be implied yeah. or it, it's done in very subtle manners. And so in this movie too, like you said, a, a lot of the performance is very toned down. Right. You know, for a man who has seen a lot in his life and who has been subject to violence and himself has been the architect of violence, uh, a lot of the, the best parts of the film are always when Kamal is not speaking. Yes. You know? just through his body, uh, just through his expressions, his eyes, the, the emotions that he conveys. And I think, yeah, that's very true. And I think that's one of the, uh, if at all we were to talk about what stands out, what makes it unique is there were not a lot of films that let or gave you that scope just to do it because, and I'll talk about this one scene later on, which is uh, an amazing scene that even after all these years, that is probably one of the best scenes or how to direct a scene. Uh, we'll get to that. But a lot of Indian cinema, unfortunately, I don't know, they feel like, oh, we don't have enough time. So we need to just like rush through the scene. We need to like say it out loud for the audience to understand. They don't allow the scenes to breathe yeah. and they don't allow the, the, the viewers to get immersed in it. And so you just feel like it just goes fast. So for Mani Ratham to balance like the pacing of the movie, but also at the time, let the scenes breathe, let the actors act with other than just their words. Um, I think that was like one of the high points of this movie and also why uh, Mani Ratnam films today are always, uh, you know, whenever a film is announced, it's a lot of anticipation because even if it's something um, that people, the story has been done, you know, multiple times, or if it's based on an existing source material like Mani Ratham's most recent work, Pony and Selvan. Yeah, I have to watch that, actually. Uh, I have not watched <laughs> no. it and I really have to watch it. Yeah, it's it, it's based on a book that's been around for decades and yeah. people have read it, reread it. They have their own takes on who needs to act and how this scene should come out in a movie. <laughs> and Mani Ratham still lent his own touch to it. And so, yeah. But you're, you're right about the pacing and melodrama. So, um, well, it starts off with this this little boy whose uh, father is a union leader, right? And he's hiding from um, the police or rather the police are on to chase him. And I 
didn't still quite understand the tussle or the struggle at that point because it's quite quickly wrapped up in the first whatever seven eight minutes um but he gets caught the police want to ask him where his father is and then they trick him into believing that we don't we're not chasing your father go away and he goes to see his dad and he's followed and he gets i mean a, a completely innocent action of his gets his father killed and then he runs away because he kills the inspector uh, and comes to mumbai which was i guess where everybody landed at that point in time and i think they still continue to <laughs> yes apparently <laughs> because the city absorbs everyone embraces everybody and um, he finds himself in this slum called dharavi which is probably very well known and for the if we have any international listeners you have seen this movie in a movie centered around dharavi which is slum dog millionaire so that's where they lands up and then he gets into smuggling and he again he has a tussle with the police where he's beaten for something he's completely innocent he gets beaten up so he's come to a point where he realizes how uh, unjust the system is and it's not for the poor and i think that is where a pivotal point comes for him where he realizes that if i'm going to help people it doesn't matter whether my actions are right or wrong and i think we see that theme throughout uh the movie also he gets it from old man who adopts him like like takes him in as a son and who is smuggling but he's kind of helping everybody in the slums and their financial problems or whatever he's taking care of a wider family so i think that's where he because he stands up to the police people in the slums start looking up to him he stands up to that landlord where the slums are going to get pulled down and you know people just start seeing him as a savior so does the movie start glorifying actions of a gangster to be or somewhere where you're going against the law that it's okay to take the law in your hands it puts you in a dilemma doesn't it so movies as a medium right or i should say movies are a medium what comes out is really based on what you put in uh, at the risk of sounding <laughs> very philosophical <laughs> or meta um what i'm trying to say is that ultimately it's a director's story right um or how the director wants to present a narrative now if a nayakan let's say velu nayakar comes to mumbai he starts out as a slum dweller and then he rises the ranks um this underworld he becomes this huge don and if he is doing all of the things that he continues to do without any repercussions without any consequences and he's presented as this messiah that is not wrong at all yes i would say that it glorifies being a gangster but this the crux of this movie is consequences and yeah. so it's not at all glorifying the gangster if anything what i got out of the movie was that here is a guy he started out as an innocent you know yeah. as a boy his innocence led to his dad being killed yeah right so his dad was a union leader who uh was being chased by the police who is inferred that they were doing it under you know um the command or orders of a higher authority uh, yeah, because exactly. the the union leader was causing problems for for these people 
Yeah, they and never so, showed that conflict. I think that was just yeah, the yeah. second point that this is the first, the loss of first loved one, and how that has propelled him and where his life yeah, takes him. Yeah, the seeds. What what Mani Ratnam was trying to do was plant the seeds. Yeah, for Velu Naikar at, at a very young age, he was deceived by his innocence. Yeah, um, led him to misread the deceit of the yeah. cops. True, something that's just stuck with him for the rest of his life. And so his innocence leads to his father being killed. And then later on, and we'll see this too, that uh, when he becomes older after in Mumbai, he becomes older and he's adopted by this uh, smuggler who essentially becomes a father figure to him. And in his case, in, in uh, the case of the smuggler, uh, Velu's um, greed leads to the death of his father figure. So, this movie shows the consequences of all his actions. And it's not actually greed. If you see it, the, the guy was actually not getting paid the value of goods. So he was being cheated of the value of mm. goods was, was Velu's interpretation. And he said, he's taking so much risk. You need to demand it for the value of goods. And he was trying to do that with the intention of making it better for his adopted father and by that for the community so that they could get be able to help more with the money for anybody else's financial problems. I think that's where he was thinking. I would nitpick, uh, if that was a rationale uh, for Money Ratnam, I would nitpick <laughs> that part because that approach was not great. <laughs> because if you wanted to do that, Velu should have planned that out because yeah. it was established in an earlier scene that, uh, or by his friend, uh, the character played by Janagraj, Selvam. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, Selvam, uh, Velu's friend, tells him like, hey, these are dangerous guys. You don't mess with Correct. them. Right? These people don't even hesitate to beat you up. They don't hesitate yeah. to kill you. So your approach should have been a lot more methodical. Nuanced. Like, yeah. yeah, let's plan this out. Let's figure out how we do it. Rather than, as, you know, browbeating them into giving... Yeah more money on the first go itself that was <laughs> exactly. going to yeah, but that, answer problems correct but that was like showing his uh raw experience right he's not dealt with these goons or he's not experienced so yeah. he just thought that hey let me let me try and there was get more an element of arrogance yeah. to it yeah and i think that's uh what paid to it but coming back to what you were saying about the um uh glorification part of it um the crux of this movie is it, it doesn't matter what your intentions are. Yeah. Ultimately, your actions will have consequences. And if they are negative actions, there will be negative consequences. And you'll see that right from the beginning all through till the, till end. the end. And yeah. so I, I thought that Mani Ratnam did a great job in showing, hey, it's yeah, it might look cool to be a gangster, to have so much power and have people like worshiping you and thinking you are great, but at what cost, yeah. right? Um, and so I thought that that was, a, that was uh, conveyed in a really uh, insightful way. Yeah, and it's not that only you pay for your actions, your loved ones yeah. who are not even involved in those actions end up paying for it. And I think that's right. a theme that he... Uh, showed consistently in the movie so as we move on he becomes this gangster and he meets his wife uh, to be and yeah. gets married has two lovely kids 
and by this time he's getting very powerful uh within the underworld as well so he goes meets other dons in that time and really 80s was where mumbai underworld was kicking off so there are a lot of books that people can read uh there are a lot of good movies that came out around uh which explored the mobster phenomenon in the mafia underworld dons etc um i'll probably look up some links and share it with the listeners at the end of it but i want to talk about that scene where his wife ends up bearing the consequences of his actions and i have some strong thoughts on that scene which we'll probably get to in the outtake section of it uh, outtake section of this episode but yeah so first of all the actress itself uh saranya uh she today uh you know she's one of one of the leading actresses uh in tamil cinema obviously she's given all the mother roles right now uh <laughs> but this was her her first film um and you could see the rawness in that there's there's an element of naivete yeah. innocence call it what you will she has that and i think that actually complements uh kamal's character in this and i think yes. that works out great um and we can talk about uh her death scene spoiler alert uh yeah. but before that just about um the relationship it uh, relationship itself honestly that that was a big jarring thing for me in this film that's really the one thing that uh did not work for me and i don't think it aged well at all um i mean i i tr- i get what maniratnam was trying to go for he was trying to convey that this was a very innocent girl that kamal really took a liking to it never really conveys love or romance in a typical sense um no. like a typical indian film sense because when you think indian film romance you think about all the uh, i mean we talked about ddlj uh you know previously and there's the meet cute there's the song and the dance there might be a misunderstanding or two but then they get back together in this it's it it, it kamal and sarnia in this film the the actors themselves um they look like they could be father and daughter <laughs> <And> <laughs> even in the film uh the way the characters are written is that uh, Kamal actually meets her in this brothel yeah. and it turns out she's still going to school yeah she's what 16 she... probably 16 17 um... 15 yeah um so there is a definite age gap between them because he's probably yeah. in his late 20s or early 30s and she's right. 18 she's right. a teenager so there is an established age gap it's not spelled yeah. out but you can make out yeah and i think uh and he uh, he writes a character in such a way that she's saying that i need to prepare for my maths yeah. exam tomorrow so please let me go early and kamal is like uh or i should say velu uh it's like all right uh i'll go ahead prepare for your exam or whatever and then he doesn't see her for a while and then he sees her later when he's kind of just beginning to discover his potential in being like yeah. a leader and being like a don and it's never conveyed properly that he falls in love with her because it almost feels like it was more out of convenience that he is like well i need a wife yeah. i'll probably need children to carry my you know to Legacy. continue my line <laughs> yeah so it it felt more like that and uh i mean i'll i'll give kudos to uh the actors i i thought they did a good job in trying to demonstrate the chemistry it didn't work great but it also didn't 
kill it for me. I just didn't, I just didn't necessarily love the scenes between them because it, it just felt very awkward. And I was like, could this have been written better? Yeah. Um, but overall, it didn't kill the film for me. It didn't make it any less um, impactful. When, you know, when the final scene of Sarnia, when she, yeah. uh, when she's killed, it, it's actually very impactful and makes everything that follows like, you know, it, it actually has uh, an impact on you. And so in that respect, uh, the scenes between Velu and Neela, who, the character played by Sarnia, I don't think they were the best part. I think they were the weakest part of the film, um, though the payoff you know, at the end, the, yeah. the final death scene does have some weight to it. Yeah, it does. It does. It's actually the way it was shot. And I guess we'll come to that later on in your in our outtakes. The central, uh, I think, what engrossed me is when his daughter grows up and mm -hmm. comes home. I mean, she studied well, well-educated. His son is trying to be like him, take his legacy forward. He doesn't want his son involved in the business. And his daughter clearly doesn't want to be a part of it. And she questions his actions. Uh, and he is asked to, he probably steps back and starts thinking about what he is doing is right or wrong. And then he tries to justify why his actions were correct in a way. And I liked their dynamic. And I think that was pivotal in the second half of the film the daughter and father dynamic. It, it plays a very important role um, towards how the story moves forward. Uh, what was your view? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I, I love the contrast between Velu's son, Velu's daughter, yeah. right? Um, so, so Velu Niker has two children. Uh, the son really takes after the dad, right? Correct. He just wants to please his dad. He wants to prove himself. He wants to show that he can not only take on more responsibility, but reassure his dad that, hey, I'm there to continue your legacy. I will yeah. do all these good things for the people. And he actually demonstrates that in like, he. Uh, so the actor Nurul Gulravi, who's an, become mm. another, you know, established actor, go-to actor in Tamil cinema. Uh, he he demonstrates in a few scenes, you know, when people come looking for Velo Niker, he actually steps up and, yeah. uh, you know, figures out what to do. And then you have the daughter, right? Yeah. Now the daughter is completely different. She's she's still a very, uh, at least a, that era's definition of a modern Indian woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Driving a car and being, um, you know, like being very playful and all of that. But she's also shown to have this very strong moral core. Yes. Right? Which leads to the best scene of the film for me. Okay, Same. and it also <laughs> demonstrates uh, the crux of the the film for me. You know, I've talked about how this movie is really about how your actions can have consequences, and how Velo Niker, for all the power that he wields, you know, his actions hurt the people closest to him. Right? Yeah. Uh, it started from when he was a child. I mean, that was not out of you know anything negative or anything bad that he himself did, but you know, his naivete cost yeah. his father's life. And then once he comes to Mumbai and he becomes older because of him, his father figure yeah. is killed. 
and then his family, like his wife gets killed. Wife gets killed, and, yeah. And uh, eventually his son gets killed. You know, there's just so many things. People get hurt. That's like the moral yeah. of, uh, that is really the story of Vela Nyker is how people around him face uh, the consequences of Vela Nyker's actions. You first talk about the scene, the confrontation scene between the daughter and the father. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I talk about the scene, which I linked up to the train scene when the when she was a child. Okay, so it struck me much later. But first talk about the scene, because that was a fantastic uh, scene. Yeah, so Velu Nyker and his daughter, like the, the dynamic between the two of them is really the best part of this movie. And it does a really great job in conveying uh, the crux of the movie. It's about actions having consequences. Because you have these two strong individuals, right? Uh, Vila Nyker, his life has been shaped by his experiences yeah. and the things that he sees, like his people being subjected to, and he wants to save them. And in fact, Nyagan itself, the meaning of Nyagan is hero, yeah. right? He is a hero to his people and he sees no wrong in what he is doing. And in fact, that leads to one of these uh, lines that has become such a classic uh, in Tamil cinema. But he, he's, he's the kind of person who sees the world in shades of gray, right? Like, y y there's nothing explicitly good or nothing explicitly bad. There's Correct. also the gray. Uh, there's also the in-between. And his daughter is in contrast to that. Like, she, her mm. principles are good and bad, black yeah. and white. Right. She sees. Um, so basically what happens is there is this cop, this uh, high ranking cop who comes to Vilnaika for help because he is powerless yeah. to do uh, something. And then Vilnaika himself, his men go out to enforce street justice. Right. <laughs> Which the daughter sees um, and the, the character of the daughter, her name is Charu. So Charu sees this and then she confronts her dad in the presence of his companion Selvam yeah. and they essentially have this debate about what how do you who are you to interpret what is good and what is bad or, or who are you to interpret what is right and what is wrong yeah how how can you take the law in your hands when there is a judiciary system if if that person has wronged right. you use the law you do not take the law in your hands that is her point of view that's that's where she's coming from yeah, and, and that conversation was so good because both of them laid their viewpoints. Yeah. And what is what is Velu Nyker saying? He's saying, listen, the cops can't do everything. And the cops will not help you when you need them the most. That's where I step in. That's where I help people who come to me. And I don't see anything wrong in doing that. My actions may not be great, but it helps people. But what Charlotte is seeing and her upbringing is so different, right? And that's another fascinating layer because she's not seen any anything hard in her life. She's always yeah. lived a sheltered, protected life under Vila Nyker's protection. So in her case, life is so much more straightforward, right? Yeah, if exactly. you do good, great. But if you do bad, then what? The cops are going to come and take care of you, uh, and take you away. And he highlights this to her. He highlights this to her. He's like, we are very simple people. You are well-educated, well-brought up. We, You have not seen the kind of struggles that we have. So he yeah. is trying to convince her that why he is what he is today. I At the end of the scene, I was just thinking, man, both of them are right. 
Yeah, <laughs> you can't, you can't ways, pick sides. <laughs> you yeah, can't pick sides. Both of them are right. And again, this is uh, a testament to Mani Ratnam's writing that yeah. both of them laid out justifications for what they believe and their character and their journey in that context, it makes sense. Yes. Their worldview, Definitely. it makes sense. Their beliefs make sense. And so at the end of that scene, it, it's so impactful to me because again, remember when I watched this for the first mm -hmm. time, I was 12 or 13. Yeah. <laughs> and so it depicts this confrontation between a father and a child. And I'm, I'm sure I'm young enough, to, I'm young to understand a lot of the heavier themes. But what I saw was a father and a daughter who love each other very much, but they have such strong differences yes. in yeah. how they view the world around them. Well, and for me, sure. that that had such a lingering effect. So that was an amazing scene. Uh, that to me is the best scene. Um, and one of the lines that Vela Nyker says in that is such a classic. Uh, he says, ask them to stop and I'll stop. Yeah. Right. Because she, she, he asked frustratedly, he asked like, what do you want me to do? And yeah. she says, just stop doing what you're doing. And he yeah. says, ask them to stop and I'll stop. And stop. I thought that yeah. was such a great line because in one line, it showed the character of Ilanaikar and what he's all about. <laughs> ஜனங்கள and you know you mentioned then his son dies uh, and i mm -hmm. thought that was another great scene uh, especially yeah. for kamal's acting what I loved is how Kamal transcends effortlessly from a 25-year-old to a 40-year-old to 50s <laughs> to 60s. Like, it's effortless, yeah. huh? It's effortless. Yep. You're actually seeing the man grow in front of your eyes and you realize, oh my God, this is this 30-year-old guy playing this whole range of uh, uh, age groups. Uh, I just want to say something very quickly about... Um you know, the different, uh, the transitions, right, that you yeah. were talking about from 20 through the 60s. Yeah. It's actually kind of become kind of uh, something of a joke uh, in, in Tamil <laughs> cinema that Kamal Hassan really loves his different get-ups. Yeah, I was just going to come to that. <laughs> he loves transforming into different things. He, I mean, you can check his filmography where yeah. if you were to do like a collage, of all the characters that he has done, or even like the most prominent characters that he's done, he's done so much. He uh, he's acted, or you know, as a, as a female in Chachi Four Twenty. Um, he's acted as a dwarf in Apuraja. Yes, he's acted <laughs> as a dwarf, a lady. He's acted as an American 
president, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my god, that's a bit uh, much. <laughs> that's he, a lot of makeup that's and prosthetics uh, <laughs> went into it, but he loves his get-ups and transitions. Yeah. And um, we'll talk about this factoid later too about how he did uh, what he did to convey his age, older age. But yeah, he he loves. Uh, and again, like I said, it, it, it's a joke because there are actors who have attempted to do that. Uh, younger actors have attempted to do that, and people always like, say, "Are you trying to be though. like a Kamal Hassan?" Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but I would say that's just a reflection of Kamal Hassan's ambition, right? He yeah. he he doesn't want to do something generic. He always wants to try something different. So I'll credit him for that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I always find it fascinating when he uh, does all these different that's, get-ups. That's yeah. So it, I mean, in Nayakan, I think it was very natural and effortless. That's what I felt. Um, yeah. Sorry that. So she's totally upset, and um, she tells him that because of you. Uh, my mother died because of you. My brother has died. I fear that if I stay on, I'm going to die. It's it's so hard hitting to hear that from your own child. Because when Neela dies and he ships them off, because for their security as well, he sends them off to his um, uh, adopted sister who's in Chennai. Uh, she keeps asking him, the little girl, everybody's saying uh, mother died because of you. Can you tell me, is it true? Did Amma die because of you? And till the end, till the train goes, the little girl is asking him, is it because of you? Is it because of you? And then it culminates into this scene where she says, no, it's because of you that I've lost my loved ones. And she leaves and goes far away from him. And they've not been in contact for many, many years. And now this uh, cop comes in who's on the hunt to track down Velu Naikar and nail him down. And in a very, very, this is where I felt was it was a little bit typical <laughs> Indian films where guess who is he goes. So Velu Naikar then goes to threaten this cop to tell him that you need to stop chasing me or whatever. He's like, I'm going to go threaten him because he's now become a big don, like much bigger in stature, etc. Just knocks and enters. And he's like, where is your owner of the house come out? And guess who walks out? Of course, his daughter walks out. So it was a very... <laughs> They tried to think that it would be a shock scene. I don't think it was a shock. It was like kind of expected. <laughs> but See, this th- this is where I wonder if, you know, that 30 minutes that had to be cut, was there something that was missed? Because uh, stuff like that really stand out for yeah. like everything was going well. And then you're like, hold on, what? <laughs> what? Okay. And, and. And the bigger part is, of course, they. The, then he starts chasing. He's this righteous assistant commissioner of police, young, dynamic guy. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it was Nasser because you have seen him in so many films now. Okay. <laughs> it was my memory went like, oh, okay, that's him. That's him. Okay, great. So, so, so Nasser is uh, someone whose career will always be talked about uh, in respect to the bigger actors like Kamal Hassan and Rajnikanth, right? Because he's acted or he's been in cinema for as long as probably Rajnikanth has been. So he's he's been around since late 70s and 80s too. And he's acted in a number of iconic films that have starred Kamal Hassan and Rajnikanth. Interesting. Uh, the, the biggest stars of Tamil cinema in the last 40 years. And he's... Primarily, uh, most of his films have, he plays the antagonist, but he's also appeared like as a brother or like, mm. you know, some supporting other, role. Other, other supporting characters. And 
it will be a shame if people will remember him just for that because outside of those movies if you see some of the other roles he's done where especially other movies where he gets to showcase his acting uh, there are not a lot of better actors mm. in indian cinema and i would extend this past tamil cinema i would say indian cinema in general he's one of the best actors in conveying gravitas but he can also slip into he's got a good sense of comedic timing mm. uh none of which you're going to see in nayakan by the way if you have not seen it before no uh, i mean it's a completely I mean, different just, role uh, yeah i found like there was just one lighthearted scene in the entire movie which i have put in my outtakes otherwise yeah. it's a pretty grim movie it's a dark movie and yeah. i actually appreciate maniratnam that he didn't fall into this pitfall that most indian films do is that they feel that they need to add like a separate comedy track Correct. where there's a comedian who comes in yeah. and there's like a few scenes of lighthearted scene there's a few lighthearted scenes and then let's go back to the story you know like the main story uh or there wasn't like any extended like romantic portions because they didn't no. fit the narrative they didn't fit the story it would have been very out of place uh so in that respect i'm glad that he didn't try to make it any lighter it's fine it's Correct. it's not something that it's subjects itself to some sort of lighthearted uh view of everything that's going on uh in that universe but yeah that that was very valid but yes nasir tremendous actor and he he does a lot of character roles um a lot more nuanced portrayals of different types of characters uh but in this film obviously and it's funny like reading up on how he felt about the movie he says that uh he signed up for the movie uh, thinking it was going to be the small role which it kind of was Yeah, uh, it was. But he thought that it's one of those roles that people would forget about and, you know, the movie itself would be like fine and then he would move on uh and then boy was he wrong. Like <laughs> even to this day he keeps <laughs> getting asked about his character because even though it was a few scenes, like it ended up being one of the most important characters in that story and by extension it's one of the most famous characters in Tamil cinema so yeah um yeah. i'm glad that yeah. he portrayed that character right so he uh, obviously is out to nail he's got an arrest warrant for velu naikar he comes and this is uh, and this is after he comes home to tell his wife and just before that the wife uh, velu's daughter and velu have met and he realizes she's married and she has a son and she doesn't let him see his grandson and i think that whole scene is also very wonderfully portrayed by kamal hasan where he understands why his daughter doesn't want to have anything to yeah. do with him but as a father as a grandfather he just wants one glance of his grandson his own flesh and blood so that's but he doesn't cross boundaries with her he respects her boundaries that she has put in and he walks off and it's funny because he walks off waiting for the lift he walks off and takes the stairs and the lift the son in law walks in uh he's yeah. chasing him and that is when you realize that how people rally around to save velu uh from the police and yep. that also hits him in terms of how many people are sacrificing their lives to keep him safe uh and it's a reciprocal relationship there because he's done everything to keep them safe help them out in their times of trouble um and the people think they owe him because they treat him as his, as their savior that's what it is they take right. pride in him obviously he surrenders and he tells his wife like 
tells his daughter, please tell your husband, I will be here uh, at the, uh, you know, death anniversary of your mother. I'll be paying my tribute and doing the puja, uh, carrying out the ritual. He can come arrest me. And they come arrest him. Uh, another scene that I really liked was uh, he goes, the inspector goes to him saying, I need your help. And uh, yeah. Velu's like, what can I do? I'm an uneducated fellow. You are the police guy. What can I do to help you? And he said, can you ask your people to calm down when you are taken to court? Because innocent people are dying and it's getting him because there are riots on the street after he's arrested. And uh, he also tells him, I am in such a moral dilemma because I wanted to nail you down. You're a gangster for me, a criminal for me. And I want to nail you down and I'm seeing what people's emotions are for you. And I'm unable to understand the situation. And I think yeah. that's, again, the whole theme of the movie, right? You are not able to, you don't want to empathize with Velu because you know he's gone down the wrong path of being a gangster. And that is not how anybody should go to. But at the same time, you do empathize with him because of the struggles he has been put through at the hands yeah. of the law, which should have helped them and helped the poor. So this moral dilemma, I think that comes out in those three, four dialogues between the between Nasser and uh, Kamal Hassan's uh, scene, that that was my take. Did you did you think anything? I mean, I mean, that's the thing about movie characters, right? Like the best movie characters are always the ones that you can relate to. Um, they can portray any character. They can portray a gangster. They can even portray a superhero. But they need to have some level of relatability, either in terms of the situations they find themselves in, or right. their family dynamics, or um, any kind of circumstances that force them to become the, the people that they eventually uh, become. And in this case, that's what it is, right? Yes, Vela Nyker is this big gangster, but at the end of the day, he's lost his father, he's lost his wife, he's lost his son, his daughter doesn't want anything to do with him, and and he becomes this old man, and he sees, he reflects on his life, and he and he just, you know, in that hospital scene, uh, he 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 just says enough, enough is enough. I'm done, I'm, I'm done. done. Exactly. Yeah. And there's so much in that line, because it's not just about you know seeing people in the hospital injured for no, his no. sake. He's reflecting on his life. He's like, yeah. I've lost so much, and what was it for? What have I given? Yes, yeah. Like I help people. That was my life motto. Like if it helps mm. people, then I'll do it. But then. It cost me all of these things. It cost yeah. me a regular domestic life, you know, my wife, my children, and I'm on my own. You know, I'm just, yeah. you know, this old man now without anything to show for. And I think that strikes a chord with people, right? I mean, I would think that most people cannot uh, identify with a gangster because <laughs> they probably yeah. never will come into contact with one, but you can identify with those emotions. Yeah, right. You can emotions, identify yeah, with those yeah, kind of agree. family dynamics. You can identify with that sense of loss. And it doesn't necessarily have to be death. It could be where you've just lost contact yeah. with someone that you love. So I think that is a testament to the writing by Mani Ratnam, yeah. the direction. Uh, it's a testament to Kamal's acting and delivery of the, the line. Um, and also a testament to the music, which again, <laughs> we'll come to. <laughs> But yeah, I just found everything was just perfect in the way they came together. And that's why it was so effective. All of the scenes that you just mentioned were so effective. 
Yeah. And finally, coming to the last end of the scene, and we haven't spoken about Tinu Anand. Um, so Tinu Anand is also one of very good actors um, in Indian films. And he plays a mentally retarded uh, man uh, who was a child when the inspector who was actually harassing Kamal and the slum uh, dwellers and the poor people is um, a bully and a corrupt officer. And uh, Kamal ends up murdering him. Uh, and yeah. when he goes... Uh, to his house uh, he sees the widow and this mentally retarded child he takes them under their wings and he funds his education he keeps him as his, he says i want to become an inspector like my dad he makes him his personal inspector the mother is shown to be uh, indebted to velu and i think knows how cruel her husband was because when nasir goes to her saying you give the witness against velu i will protect you she says no uh, because of yeah. him, my son has had a life. I will never go against him. But all that Tinu Anand's character hears is Nasir telling the mom that Velu murdered your husband. Like his yeah. father was murdered by Velu. And it sits in his head. He forgets all the good that has been done uh, because of Velu for him and his mom. And it's life and it's karma and how it all comes back is Tinu Anand's character ends up killing him when he's actually released from jail. They don't find any evidence against him. He's a free man, but he gets killed by him. And I, what I liked is Benny, it stops. They they show the daughter running, they show his best friend running, and it stops at the screen freezes at Kamal lying all by himself alone, being shot on the ground. And that's it. So many, like I said, you know, there were so many moments where there could have been a big melodrama, hue and cry, and it just froze at the right moment. And I thought that's excellent movie. I mean, there was a quick montage of his life from yes. the time he was a boy yes. and like important events in his life. That paired with the song Ten Pandi Chime, which I'll talk about, that, the montage... And that final shot, as you mentioned, of just Vela Niker lying face down on the ground, dead. And yeah. it was so impactful. And then you say a film by Mani Ratnam or something. And That's I remember it. the first I remember the first time I watched it, like I couldn't get that out of my head for days. I was, because at that point I'm like used to all these quote unquote masala films, right? Like the hero who's invincible, like all the women love him, all the mothers mm -hmm. love him. Um, and he can do no wrong. He beats up the villains and, you know, he, he's awesome. Yeah. And then you have the story of this imperfect man who's, who's experienced so much in life. Uh, he's seen the highs, but he's also seen the lows. And at the moment of his greatest victory comes his downfall. And, and I was just struck by how poetic it was. Like you yeah, mentioned, exactly. He, he was shot by... Uh, the son of the cop who he killed, his first ever killing. So, yeah. you know, like the first person he ever killed. And years, decades later, Velu gets killed by the son of Hi. the first person he ever killed. And I thought, like, yeah, really? wow, <laughs> that's such a... It's just, it was the circle of life, the karma, yeah. the karma angle, yeah. right? You sow, uh, you reap what you sow. And that's how it yeah. all came about. That's why I said it just that last scene also was really well done. And Tinu doesn't have a lot of scenes. He has maybe three or four scenes, I think, overall in the movie. Yeah. Hardly. It, it, it's, it's funny. Apparently, Tinu Anand did not want to act in the film, but 
Interesting. Kamal Hassan convinced him to come on. So I'm glad he did because, um, like you said, he didn't have a lot of scenes, but in the few scenes that he had, it was kind of like a juggling act, right? Like you can kind of overdo it to Correct. show that mentally you're not all there. He like didn't. He could have, he didn't. Yeah, he could have he overdone didn't. it and you're like, all right, that's too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I thought he found the right that kind is. of balance and, for that. And, so good job with that. And, and to the listeners, like I said, Pushpak is one of my favorite Kamal Hassan films and people should watch Tinu Anand in his element <laughs> as the killer in Pushpak. So Kamal and Tinu have done this film uh, and people should really watch because I think Pushpak is also very unique to Indian cinema uh, as a silent film and it was just fantastic uh, to watch. So yeah, listeners can, that's one more recommendation for you all. All right. So before we go into what didn't work or our outtakes and summarize uh, the movie, uh, Benny, you have to talk about the music uh, because it's by <laughs> one of the biggest names in India when it comes to music. I haven't, unfortunately, and this is not something I'm proud of. I've not, I've not heard a lot of Ilaya Raja uh, songs, but you know, you knew your Ilaya Raja and you know what it means. Uh, everyone <laughs> in India. So please go ahead, take the stage and tell the listeners. <laughs> so people today, when they think of Indian uh, film composers, obviously A.R. Rahman is the biggest name that most people yeah. uh, will come up with. And of course, A.R. Rahman, hailing from the state of Tamil Nadu, he's done so many, so many Tamil films over the years. And Obviously, he's he's a, he's a leading composer in Tamil Nadu, but before A. R. Rahman, there was Ilaya Raja. Um, now, you know how the rivalry between, uh, especially on social media or you know anywhere else, people will always pit Kamal Hassan against Rajnikanth, even though they've been mm-hmm. friends for like decades. People <laughs> will even like interviews of actors. People will be like, "Who do you like better? Do you like Kamal Hassan or do you like Rajnikanth?" Like that's how the narrative has become. <laughs> and the music version of that is, are you a Ilaya Raja fan or are you a Rahman fan? And I think... Why can't you be both fans? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it's, it's comparing two different styles, two yeah. different uh, approaches to music composing. Because Ilaya Raja worked in a time where he was essentially every director wanted to work with. Uh, mm. This was actually his 400th album that he put out <laughs> in 19... 19- 87. I'll tell you something. Yesterday, I went into Wikipedia saying, let me look at Ilai Raja's, uh, you know, discography. Yeah. We kept going and going and going. <laughs> Hang on. There is a discography. So generally, there's a Wikipedia page where there's a discography and all the songs are listed, like the albums are listed. Yeah. Ilai Raja has year by year pages for his discography. Yep. That should tell people like what immense and work he's still he has done. Active. He's still active. Wow. He's still working. Wow. And I mean, now it's changed. The, the landscape has changed in, in Tamil cinema. There are a lot more uh, popular film composers, a lot, a lot other composers that directors want to work with. So Ilaya mm-hmm. Raja is not really like the most sought after anymore, but he's still out there. He's still working and putting out albums. Uh, but back then he was like, he almost monopolized, yeah. you know, music. He was like the whole and soul. <laughs> exactly. Like it was like everybody wanted Roger for their films and if they couldn't get him then they were like all right let's see who else is there <laughs> now that was the approach um so this was his 400th album and needless to say 
the the music plays such a huge part in this film right like i mentioned it's a pretty straightforward story with a little bit of you know a few turns here and there to show the consequences of uh Vela's actions but it it has more impact because of the music and where it comes up and the biggest and the best example is probably the song that's starts off the film and also the, the same song that caps the film at the end so it's called ten pandi si mele uh yeah. the, the literal translation especially the first two lines is that in the southern part of the pandyas on the streets where chariots race who heard the man who came bounding like a deer and mm-hmm. it's 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 it has so much pathos there's so much sadness in it um there's almost a sense of like i wish the best for this person i don't know how else to convey it because i remember uh after i heard it for the first time in the late 90s early 2000s like again to this day like i cannot find another song like even songs that are coming out today i cannot find a song that has such an impact on me like whatever i'm doing wow it just changes my mood it just it Aww. makes you feel so nostalgic it makes you feel sad for this fictional character it made and i think that's a huge part of relatability too in this in this movie because you instantly within the first few minutes you're rooting for velu right yeah. he's a boy yeah. who's lost his dad and he runs off to mumbai right from there you're rooting for him to succeed and it almost makes you overlook some of the things that he does right and a large right. part of that is because of the music so in this song you want velu to be safe you want velu to succeed and overcome all obstacles that come his ways and so when it book ends that you know in the final part of the movie where he's shot and he's lying dead and this music yeah. comes back again it it it's it's a nice circle because you started really rooting for him uh wanting the best for him and then the song hits you again and you're just like it's like you've lost someone close right, to you right that right. you you were really admired and almost helps you be part of the people who were helped by Velu Dyker mm-hmm. and and it conveys the emotions of the loss experienced by people who benefited from him and it, there was no you know that says so much more than you know someone someone who probably stepped up and said oh he did so much for our people this is such a huge loss for us no we didn't need any yeah. of that we just needed right. the music to come up and and do that so yeah this is this is one of those iconic songs and the album itself you know i'm not even going to mention the other songs in this but i would it's say just go hit. check them out uh yeah. it it was a massive hit and it just confirmed ilayaraja's stature at that point as like the go to music composer for right and and also like we are so used to songs just being inserted for the sake of it uh, in films uh, but in this case the songs actually take the movie forward uh, yeah. whether it is where he meets his he's gone to the brothel to and he ends up meeting his wife or you know the um, holy uh, song uh, where he plays yes. with the i think that was nicely shot in terms of it was very raw and it shows how people in the slums and don't have the privilege are not as privileged as we are uh, still showed their little joys and happiness in the little celebrations that they can do so i think the songs take the movie ahead 
and yeah. uh, they not they not they don't drag at any point like i said nothing was dragging you know, in the movie so that's great so apart from the acting apart from the directing i have to mention the writing as well you know i referred to some of the like examples of great writing but i want to make particular mention of some of the dialogues because like i mentioned earlier uh, in this recording this movie has stands out in pop culture in tamil pop culture um and is still so relevant today that people yeah. who were not even born at that time this film came out <laughs> still talk about the film and his music and the dialogues uh i just wanted to uh, i i want to mention three iconic dialogues that people still like you don't have to mention the film you don't have to mention the actor director right. you just mention this dialogue and they'll know instantly where yeah. it is from so one is um so uh when the cop is hitting villainiker right mm. um and then he brings him back and he drops him back at his house and the cop is just kind of mocking villainiker yeah. and he's saying oh do you want to hit me do you want to hit me mm. like go ahead and hit me mm. and mm. so kamal says nadicha ni setduva which mm. means or which translates to if i hit you you will die It's mm-hmm. such a badass line. <laughs> it's it's such a badass line. And given the state line. he is in, given yeah. the state he has been in, okay? So, yeah. Yeah. It, it's such a badass line and it's delivered perfectly by Kamo, like this bleeding yeah. Kamo and uh, obviously like uh, you know, later on like he does go on to kill the cop and all of that. But the line was so perfect and it's it's still a very popular dialogue. <laughs> um the other one is uh we talked about the the famous confrontation scene Actions, between yeah. Belu and his daughter and yeah. this whole debate over you know how do you interpret something to be right or wrong and right. so Belu says um in Tamil is nalu peruku odavi senja thappilla which translates to loosely translated to my wrong actions are justified if it benefits people mm-hmm. and that's such an interesting outlook right that can be interpreted in different ways because people who are good can use that line people who are bad can also use this correct because <laughs> <laughs> a bad person can use this and say and justify like yeah i'm doing all of these crimes because hey it helps uh, me and it helps my family or yeah. whatever and that's the thing it that, helps my people so they're justified but no that but, there's no justification i mean that mind. debate transcends cultures and countries and everybody will have some version of that debate um and i, I thought that was such a it was so fascinating that in one line that they were able to capture uh that that kind of world view and actually that leads nicely into the third and final piece of dialogue that i wanted to refer and this is probably the most iconic of all of the dialogues in this movie mm. this has been referenced in like film songs it ref- it's referenced in other movies it was actually even referenced in Kamal's uh most recent film uh that okay. came out last year or two years ago um and when that line was said like the theater theaters just went wild because okay. th- this line was delivered like 35 36 years prior uh so this is at the end of the uh uh or uh, towards the end of the film when uh, Velenaiker is being brought to the court and then his daughter and grandson is there to meet him and the grandson asks him 
நீங்க நல்லவரா கெட்டவரா விச் இஸ் ஆர் யூ அ குட் பர்சன் ஆர் ஆர் யூ அ பேட் பர்சன் அண்ட் வேல் தாக்ரஸ் இஸ் ஜென்யூலி ஸ்டம்ப் லைக் ஹவு டூ ஐ ஆன்சர் தட் லைக் ஈவன் இஃப் ஐ வாண்ட் டு பி ட்ரூத்ஃபுல் ஐ டோன்ட் ஹவு டு ஆன்சர் தட் கொஸ்டன் இஸ் ஐ டோன்ட் நோ அண்ட் டு மீ ஐ இன்டர்பிரட் தட் ஆஸ் இட் ரியலி இட் டிபெண்ட்ஸ் ஆன் யோர் பெர்ஸ்பெக்டிவ் people like families who lost their loved ones because they were killed by mm. Vilnaiker will say yeah Vilnaiker is a bad person he he killed my dad he killed my husband yeah but then all of those people in the slums who the cops wouldn't help when they turned to um Kamo or when they turned to Vilnaiker and they were held by him they'll say he's, he's a, a good person Yeah, and I mean they call him their savior so yeah and so to me that again is one of the best parts of this film is that you cannot say Vilniker is the hero of this film even though it's literally in the title that he is a hero <laughs> he's a hero to a certain section of people sure but is he good or is he bad like that bad. is your perspective that is your interpretation and i just love that money right yeah. as a director and writer just left it to the audience to decide Yeah like like we discussed last time also I like it that when the directors don't sway you in a direction they keep the facts or they keep the story in front of you put out both the viewpoints and then they leave it to the audience to decide yeah. what what you make of yeah. it which I really liked yes true Ninge daavu tappu pannila Ninge nallara kettara So yeah, what didn't work, Benny? I already said the one thing that didn't work was the scenes between Velu and Nila. Otherwise, this is yeah. a really great film. <laughs> uh, but I know that you had a few and I'm actually interested yeah. in hearing those. Yeah, so one that didn't work for me is um uh, I don't know because again I have not watched a lot of Tamil cinema, right? So I can't gauge, but I'm gauging it from my experience of watching others uh, language cinemas is I found the supporting cast a bit lacking this time when I watched it a second time and I felt I don't know if it was intentional and I was telling my uh, husband like Kamal just overshines everybody, right? He's so powerful as an actor. that it's just him and him and him in the movie and then my husband said do you realize it it could have been intentional to not cast actors who were as good as kamal at that point or who could challenge his presence in the movie maybe it was intentional uh, i said yeah i never thought about this angle uh, yeah you don't know how um... powerful he was in the industry <laughs> I, i have no idea but it was good view good angle to think about what he said I was going to say Amit as usual is on point because <laughs> that is precisely the way I saw that Vilniker is such uh, a dominating figure right yeah. uh Mani Ratnam goes out of his way to show that he is such an outsized larger than life character to the people around him and not just mm. to the people he's helping but to his own family to his friends to the cops and in that respect the supporting actors um i i don't want to sound like i'm being overly defensive of them but mm-hmm. i thought the supporting cast did their part 
um and i, I don't want to mention specifically like like the character played by janagraj the uh, selva right yeah. that is uh his loyal friend throughout his life mm. Yeah. Um now Janagraj it's uh, uh, Janagraj the the actor he's actually a very famous comedian. Yeah. He is known for his comedic roles and he's been doing that for several decades. He actually took a break for about 12 13 years. He came mm. back and did a couple of films like in the last few years and and then he's I think he's not doing any more. But for me for my childhood like he's actually one of those figures one of those actors he's he's appeared in a lot of iconic films that i love like in rajnikanth films and kamal hasan films and many other you know big hits he's been and he always does he he always brings lightheartedness to it so it's actually like mm. funny watching him in this movie and i was thinking mm-hmm. this is such a different role for him because he never does serious roles and uh he, he does make things light especially at the beginning like you know yes. when they're on the boat and stuff like that but other than that um so he had to do something very very different to what he normally does and i don't know if that played a part but um i just i'm just glad he didn't overdo it or even mm. underplay it he did i think one one of the reasons i uh, one of the things that uh, actors always credit mani ratnam for uh they say that mani ratnam always brings out like the right amount of acting in them like he he makes sure that they never overact or underperform or he always gets the yeah. exact amount that he as a director wants and i think really any of uh, the acting choices made by the supporting actors ultimately it's from money ratnam the cue comes from money right. ratnam so um yeah, yeah uh, even like sarinya you know it was her first film she doesn't right. have a lot of experience to fall back on so she's another one of those character uh, actors who's going to be uh, heavily dependent on the director um correct the actress who plays velu's daughter her name is kartika mm. uh mm. she only acted in a few films after this and then she actually retired from acting and uh she seems to be living a very happy domestic life these days uh and then of course nasser as you mentioned mm. um who portrays the assistant commissioner uh and like i said he's 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 another icon of tamil cinema uh unfortunately he will not be talked in the same at the same breath in the same breath as kamal hasan and rajnikanth yeah. but that's really more by choice he never really wanted to do the big heroic roles he always wanted to play mm. the antagonists and you know the more uh meaningful characters so um so all all things considered and even tino anand like you mentioned Uh, yeah they 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 didn't need in this story they didn't need to overshadow or even come mm. up to par with Kamal Hasan's character the yeah. story is Velu Naiker everyone right. else is secondary and i thought mani mani ratnam was very intentional in that they that, everyone yeah. else didn't need character arcs they didn't need like a backstory and any of that um and i thought this the supporting cast was just perfect for the film uh the other bit was uh how did the uh, uh, assistant commissioner police not know that she's his daughter i mean you're hunting him <laughs> down your senior already knows has a file photo of hers 
and you don't know that she's not his daughter so i didn't digest that bit at okay, all okay uh, fine but fine fine cinematic, i will cinematic listen, liberty given <laughs> it it is it, this is not something i would necessarily didn't work for me because hmm. yeah i could forgive that like you said i i could, I could forgive, forgive that. that and again it's one of those things where i'm like if maniratnam didn't cut down like 30 minutes of running time like would it have been explained in some way like would it have been explained better uh but yes i personally i felt it too uh, i was thinking <laughs> this character right the assistant commissioner he's hell bent yeah. on bringing justice to velanaikar i can forgive him if he didn't know the back story of charu because she probably he met her she probably said she was an orphan and yeah why would anyone lie about that if you have parents right and you're like all right i love this girl i'm going to marry her it's fine um but if you are going after a don yeah. uh like uh like vela and you've made it your mission to bring in justice how would you not do any kind of basic research on okay who are his children who is he married to exactly. whatever happened um wh- what are the main events in his life trying to get a picture right so yes that it it is kind of glary i was like really i i don't know in a real scenario he for sure would have known it but this was just a um yeah. but- like you said <laughs> it was for the drama of it all <laughs> yeah or it was the moral dilemma that he comes in like oh he is my father in law and you know whatever so yeah that's fine i, I mean that could have been that. done from the outset though right like he could have yeah. like he, he could have married charu and she could have told him like listen hey here's the truth i just want you to know i don't want any secrets between us but he is my father but i don't have anything to do with him do with him and yeah. so when he was appointed you know the assistant commissioner charged with uh you know bringing uh, vela nikar to justice right from the outset he could have been like hey i'm your you know son in law but i'm not going to show you any favors mm. i'm i'm going to do sure. my role and i thought that would have added a different angle to it but for you know whatever reason money rather than that that would be a better way <laughs> <laughs> so i think um, you know when i noted down the outtakes i think we spoken about two of them already in course of our conversation so i won't bring those back uh the only bit is like i said there wasn't any lighthearted scenes in the movie and the one lighthearted scene which i really loved and was uh, the son and the daughter when they 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 were 8 year old 9 year olds in the compound are imitating how velu runs his court uh, with his you know the 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 slum people or, or the people he's all the poor people he's trying to help and um, the <laughs> the kids have very funny takes oh i didn't do my homework oh get the teacher beaten <laughs> i didn't i i missed this period or whatever the, the excuses that are going on is like really funny and then velu comes and stands kamala san like what are you doing like are you imitating me and first he's scared okay the son like oh my god dad's here and then he becomes like his dad and says okay what do you want <laughs> which i thought was really really cute and um that that was i think one of the cutest scenes uh, in the movie and i probably the most lighthearted ones they had but even that lighthearted scene has so much meaning to it was, right? exactly yes because you take a step back and you look at it and you're like wait a minute these these kids are imitating their dad and not realizing what it actually is all about like the, exactly. the seriousness of it the gravity of it like if i was really like and i saw my kids doing that and i think without directly mentioning that 
like you know he talks about like he doesn't want his kids to yeah. go down that path even in that through a lighthearted scene like maniratnam is showing conveys, like, hey yeah, yeah. <laughs> he conveys the dad's dilemma because see venu's gone down that path does he want his son to go down the path yeah. or his kids to go down the path he says to his wife it should stop at me they have the luxury they will be well educated they should find normal lives they should not go down the route that i have that is where the next scene follows so uh, you know i referenced earlier the scenes with between um neela uh sarnia's character and velu they didn't necessarily work for me but that didn't necessarily mean her death scene did not um mm. it was very impactful uh especially when i watched it the first time it, it's it's still one of those images that sticks in my head and it's one of those images if i whenever i think about the movie nike and it'll be one of those images that comes to mind because it, it's really dark it's really sad it's kind of shocking um and, and for a kid watching that for the first time you're like <laughs> wow that's wow yeah you know that's so scary and, and all that and then i rewatched it uh a couple of days ago <laughs> it was still impactful <laughs> but this time i had so many questions <laughs> it's like go on why when she was being shot at she wasn't immediately shot you, no. if you see there's this this brief uh glimpse where she's kind of like covering or trying to like cover her ears or whatever and just like shocked but she's not shot yet um no. and, and they show like uh velu kind of diving to protect his kids and i was thinking the moment that first few shots rang out why didn't neela just get down See? what if she's standing <laughs> there and just like trying to cover here so it's like yeah i'm like <laughs> gunshots are being fired woman just you know step down there is a wall you can hide behind the wall but yeah i don't know yeah. it's it's actually funny and uh for for people who uh fo- who have followed mani ratnam's films um and, and i feel like this is a reference so he he recently a few years ago made this uh film called uh chekka chavandavanam and mm-hmm. uh it, it it's it's kind of like it is a gangster film as well and it stars like vijay sethupathi prakash raj uh celebr- it, it's got a stellar cast in it uh but there is a scene in that and so if you have not watched uh chekka chavandavanam you know what you're not going to miss too much it's not a great movie uh <laughs> there is a scene in which a woman gets shot while she's at the window um in this is a foreign locale it's she, like a, like a hotel window she's out there she gets shot she gets killed in one shot and i always think like was that like in reference to this one Dude. where that was <laughs> like, like i'm rectifying yeah i'm rectifying <laughs> that mistake first shot dead not like first few shots and the woman is just like standing there like what do you what do you think is going to yeah. happen you're going to get killed get down. <laughs> um so yes that that was yeah. interesting also after they shoot nila the shooters leave right yeah. like i was thinking why did they leave like just wait till velonaiker because if you see velonaiker tries to catch nila as she's falling yeah. down right and i was thinking okay this this is the very analytical part of me i'm thinking okay shooter's perspective i'm shooting 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 nila gets shot now if you get shot there isn't a lot of you're not going to stand there for like 5 minutes and then fall down right yeah. after you're shot probably it'll be a few seconds and then you fall down 
So there wasn't a lot of gap between her getting shot and Velu rushing to catch her. All the shooters had to do was just wait. Wait as it like her comes. <laughs> Shoot it. But they don't because they're not there. And I was thinking, why did they just leave? Their intention was to kill all of them. That was the orders, to kill all of them. Uh, but they just kill the wife and leave. And I thought that was uh, maybe that was <laughs> a mistake. Yeah. So maybe I don't, because of course I don't know the language, but the subtitle said that to kill the family. Or was it like they said, kill him also? It was like, kill them that. all. Kill them all. Okay. Like including the family. Yeah. Um, or maybe because his gang of shooters, his gang comes out to shoot them, right? So maybe they were trying to just save their lives. I'm just trying I to should... justify it. I, I, I get it. I didn't really see his <laughs> uh, people rushing there. Um, but I, I yeah. am actually convincing myself they probably ran out of bullets because they were just firing <laughs> indiscriminately. Firing and randomly. I was, and I was like, what is the strategy? <laughs> You're just wasting bullets. There wasn't. Uh, there so wasn't. <laughs> I'm just convincing myself that they ran out of bullets and that's why they had to leave. Otherwise, I was like, that's another True. mistake. Uh, True. And, and this is actually a, a pet peeve of mine when uh, I, I know I've said that Mani Ratnam, like, he in a lot of his movies it, things are not spelled out yeah. um so for the following incident or the for the following thing i'm just gonna say okay my Ratnam at that point five to oh. six films old he's not perfect he's gonna make mistakes uh the fact and, and that, that and uh, and that was a bit of foreshadowing that you see in films also that happens you, so you again, see we that can forgive him <laughs> We can forgive him. But Neela saying, so Neela yeah. literally like a minute before she gets yeah. shot, uh, she's telling Vela Niker, I'm so happy in this moment that even if I were to die at this point, it's fine. I'm very happy. Yeah. Uh, looking back now, like ha- having seen it multiple times, I'm like, foreshadowing is fine if it if there was enough lapse in time, right? No, it's immediate. <laughs> Okay. It's if you say so. At the end of it. <laughs> if you say so. I I was, and since I've uh, since I've seen this before, uh, I guess I forgot. You know, the first time she, the first time I watched the movie, I forgot this line. But uh, when I re- rewatched it, knowing that she's gonna get killed, and when she yeah. says this line, I'm like, "What you? <laughs> okay, this is too on the nose. This is very un Money Ratnam like uh, yeah. to spell it out for you because if you were the if you're older and you're like watching this for the first time, the moment she says that you're like, she's going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, uh, I, of course, I didn't remember the dialogue, but I was like, when the dialogue came, I'm like, oh, she's going to die. Like, this is the next scene. Like, this is spelled out for us. But I'm like, look, I can forgive him. He was just four, five films old. Come on. It's okay. Uh, He's made such anyway. an excellent film. We can forgive these one or two slippages. Agreed. He's agreed. I mean, that's why I put yeah. it under the outtakes and not necessarily yeah. that it didn't work for me. It, it's, yeah. it was an impactful death scene. But if you watch it multiple times, you start to pick up on these things and you're like, ah, it could have been better. Um, but anyway, that, that was one. This has been referenced multiple times whenever people talk about this film, but uh, it does have heavy similarities to The Godfather, which is. Oh, yes. The OG of gangster films and yeah. another film that uh, we'll probably do down the road on this podcast. We have to. Benny, we have to. <laughs> I love because I've read the book and I've watched the movies yeah. and it's Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. And we have to. So many films, uh, so many gangster films 
uh, paid tribute to the Godfather. And so, and even Mani Ratnam and Kamal Hassan have acknowledged yeah. that this film yeah. is heavily, you know, inspired Influence, by yeah. the Godfather. And there are scenes, you know, where the scene where Belu kills his uh, enemies, you know, the Reddy brothers, mm. uh, the scene where Belu's son, like when he finds out his son has been yeah. killed. Yeah. You know, those are like very drastic uh, examples of similarities to The Godfather. And, and we, you kind of talked about it at the beginning of this episode, but, or uh, I think we talked about this before we started recording. Remakes by themselves or any scenes that are inspired from other movies, I don't necessarily think they are bad or I don't think that they are copying it. Now, I would say they're lacking in creativity that yeah. um, they could have chosen to do something different if they almost went scene by scene, like if they recreated the exact scene, it's like copy paste, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I don't mind if people are inspired and put their own touch on it. Correct. Right. So this, when I watched the movie, I mean, I did notice, okay, this, this is very similar to Godfather, but it didn't, feel out of place. It didn't take me out of the film. It was very appropriate in the film's narrative when they happened. It, it was logical. Like, hey, yeah, his wife is killed. What is he going to do? The most logical thing is he's going to get revenge. So of course, it was needed. Same thing yeah. with the scene where his son, uh, where he finds out his son was killed. And again, it's such a testament to the direction of Mani Ratnam and the acting by Kamala Hassan, that's such an, another iconic scene where they really allow the scene to breathe because Kamal doesn't find out immediately his son has died. Yeah. You know, Bani Ratham drags it, you know, he stretches that scene. And so you feel the impact of the grief by Velo Naikar when he finds out his son has died. So, you know, that's another thing that my, there was a Mani Ratnam touch to it. So even though it was, it had similarities to Godfather, uh, this movie retained, you know, a large amount of originality, which is why uh, people consider this to be one of the best movies in Indian cinema. Agreed. Because even, you know, talking about like what you said, even Sholi is quite inspired. <laughs> mm -hmm. And some scenes are quite inspired scene to scene. But Ramesh Sapi added his own touch and it became a cult classic. So fine if you are paying like a tribute or a homage uh, to your inspiration great i i wouldn't mind that's okay, okay. that's not plagiarism that's fine the last outtake that i had was actually uh you know it's it's funny there's a scene where velu um calls he calls the house uh, of the assistant commissioner and then his daughter picks up the call and at this point they have not reconciled um mm. And so he tries to be formal and he says, this is so-and-so I want to speak with the assistant commissioner. And she's like trying to call him dad. And he's like trying to maintain like this thing. And then he's essentially telling her um, to tell her husband where he'll be because, you know, he's tired of Correct. people getting killed, innocent people getting killed. <laughs> I just found it funny because she tells him that I will not tell my husband where you are. And then she uh, the phone uh the call ends she's crying she turns around and he's there the husband is right there and then he's like you know accusing her and then immediately she tells her where he is she's like oh he told yeah. me to tell you and i was thinking <laughs> you just told your dad 
<laughs> no matter what, you're not going to tell him. And then two minutes later, you're telling him without any kind of pressure from him. <laughs> so anyway, that was just, again, all of this falls in our outtakes because none of this dragged the film down for me. No. And it was just funny. It was just yeah. funny when you rewatch it. But when you watch it for the yeah. first time, none of these things really like hamper. No, they won't hit you. The yeah, they won't hamper your viewing. I don't even think on the rewatch, it's just because, yeah, we are trying to be picky, but it really doesn't impact the entire <laughs> film. Well, I want to uh, I want to end this episode by touching on uh, the trivia of the film, uh, followed by the legacy as well. So, mm. a few pieces of trivia uh, for this film. So, Mani Ratnam initially approached Kamalasan with two options for the film. Um, he so they've never worked together, obviously. So, when he came to Kamalasan, uh, he said, "Hey, I could do one." Of two, one, hmm. I could do a film. Uh, I could do a film similar to the Beverly Hills Cop or Dirty Harry, so a more action-oriented film. Um, hmm. Or we could do a film based on the life of this Don Vardaraja Mudaliar. And Kamal Hassan found the second option more attractive, and I think that was a great choice because I think there are enough action films out there. Uh, even back in the eighties, there were enough action films that Kamal, Kamal himself True. has done so many. Uh, so I'm glad that he chose to do this because it's such an epic. Um, we talked about the transition uh, that Kamal, yeah. you know, demonstrated like the age uh, transitions. So to portray the old age look for Velu, uh, Kamal Hassan sported dentures to provide some weight around his jaw uh, because initially Kamal thought that if he just had like a beard or something that'll hide his chin so he won't look mm -hmm. as young uh that's what he wanted to go with but Mani Ratnam turned it down saying he has done that look like Kamal ha Kamal himself has done that look in some of his previous films and right. he didn't he didn't want it to look too similar to other characters that he has portrayed so uh so they went with the dentures idea so again I never I didn't feel like it was a young person playing an old man it just really felt like uh he was an old person in that role. Um, we talked about Saranya. This was her first film. Uh, it's funny. So she submitted, she went to, for a screening test because she wanted to work in the film. But Saranya's father was against her being cast. And somehow Saranya and her mother managed to convince him. And uh, <laughs> that's another conversation we'll probably have in another episode about how... Uh, female actors in India, the their own challenges that they have to overcome to want to work in the film industry, and especially, right. you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, Mani Ratnam and Kamal Hassan met Vardaraja Modaliar in person. And so when Mani Ratnam asked Modaliar how he would foresee his own death, mm. Modaliar replied that it would be in a public riot amidst much panic and tension and this inspired the film's climax. Oh, interesting. Um, it's another thing that uh, Brother Rajmudaliar just died of a heart attack, so <laughs> he did not get a switch. <laughs> uh, it was very anticlimactic for him. Um, and the last piece of trivia, uh, so Rajnikanth, like I said, Rajnikanth and Kamal Hassan have been friends forever. They, mm. um, you know, their, their journey in the film industry has been you know, has just mirrored each other. And it's just fascinating uh, how different the roads uh, eventually became. But Rajnikanth, who's 
worked with Mani Ratnam, I think only once. Um, mm. He actually loved the film and he wanted, he asked, he actually requested Mani Ratnam to direct a film like that for him as well, <laughs> which to this date has not materialized. But Rajnikanth did kind of get his wish in a different way. Uh, he actually portrayed a character loosely based on Vardaraja Mudaliar as well. Um, only like five years ago. In 2018, he acted in the film Kala, uh, oh. in which his character is very uh, similar and based on Vardaraja Mudaliar as well. So that was fascinating as well. Uh, I do want to talk about the legacy of the film um, mm. because, and I think it's, it's best mentioned by people who watched the film when it came out. So mm. in 1987, when the film came out, the Indian Express, uh, it was said, Nayagan is a rare Tamil film. Sensitivity is its hallmark. Authenticity is its life breath. It has the stamp of nativity. It has class, yet it is not an art film. It could be a watershed in Tamil cinema, an artistically made film that could make money as well. Wow, and then, what a prediction. And, and that is so... What, what amazing judgment, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and that is so perfect, right? Like, it's, it's always a challenge. Like, if you make a very artsy kind of film, you may get all the critical acclaim, but then people don't go watch in the theaters Correct. and it becomes a commercial flop. Uh, yeah. And so this was a unique kind of balancing act for the time because, you know, especially with Kamalasan and Maniratnam, they demonstrated that, hey, you could make an intelligent film. You could make a film that explores morality and has mm. conversations on the themes of when do you, how do you interpret things to be right or wrong? In what context? You could have those kind of themes and still make a commercially successful film that people come out to and watch in the theater. So he he was right. It is uh, it was a watershed in Tamil cinema, and it has inspired. I mean, not just like movies in Tamil cinema itself. It has inspired remakes in other languages as well. Yeah, and not uh, remakes. Yeah, but I was listening or to some podcast, or was it where I read when I was coming across like there were um, mafia mobster movies uh, like Parinda and uh, Vasta, which also were influenced by Mani Ratnam's um, mm -hmm. uh, Nayakan. So, yeah. Yeah, it and it's fair to a... say, and it's fair to say that a lot of future gangster films will also have, uh, future gangster films, they uh, I should say, Indian uh, yeah. gangster films will always have some element of what was shown in Nayakan as well. And that is really one of the biggest legacies for it. Um, Agreed. English journalist Phil Hardy stated in his 1997 book, The BFI Companion to Crime, from the films that followed in the wake of The Godfather, the most interesting is Mani Ratnam's Nayakan starring Kamal Hassan in a fictional version of the Bombay gangster Vardaraj Madaliar's life. Uh, and again, that's a testament to the international reach, like the international critics yep. acknowledging the film and its performances. Uh, and after the film was selected by Time as one of the best, insiders of the magazine spoke about Ratnam's work in the film, saying... Ratnam has no such difficulty blending melodrama and music, violence and comedy, realism and delirium into a two and a half hour demonstration that when a gangster's misery surmounting, the most natural solution is to sing in the rain. Um, I don't agree fully with that because you know, we talked about there wasn't really too much melodrama in this film. No. I didn't um, think so, so either, but and there wasn't uh, comedy either. So it's, uh, no, 
but i think this is a this is a little bit of a western bias coming in where they fully don't understand uh, how indian films work uh, yeah. what bollywood is what tamil what the regional films are etc so i think that's a bit of a white bias talking here um, definitely nayak and didn't have comedy or <laughs> fun dance and music or something like that okay those songs which is taking the movie ahead so yeah Right. And like I said, this is my all-time favorite Tamil film. So uh, there's just so much to talk about in it. It is such a unique, unique film, and there have been a lot more well-produced, mm. a lot, a lot better produced Tamil films with you know grander ambitions, and um, and if you extend it to like you know other regional film, excluding Bollywood, like you know the success of Bahubali and RRR. at an international level has shown that True. you know you can always go higher but somehow i keep coming back to nigan because it's it's so well acted it's so well written directed the the music is uh such an integral part of the film that even rewatching it after many years i still felt for uh velu and you know whenever that song came on then pandi simela i was just like you know going back <laughs> uh decades so it has a tremendous amount of staying power so to answer the question how does it hold up today i think it holds up really really well because that yeah. crux of the story it still is true today that moral dilemma the the debate over right and wrong um based on different contexts it's still true today and there's no clear answer which is why yeah. it is just a fascinating topic um to watch to discuss so it's one of those movies that you know you can you can talk about you can go on talking about it and just like explore different facets of of the film so for me i would rate this film 9 and a half 9.5 wow um, <laughs> just uh i it'll be uh, it'll be impressive the day i find a movie that will get full 10 out of 10 that's not happened so far so really 9 and a half is really uh, as high as i could probably go. So yeah, this movie uh was one of the high points of Tamil cinema and for me as someone uh who's from Tamil Nadu, uh this is a movie that I'm really proud of, you know, that we could, you know, come up with a movie Delivo. like this. Mm. Yeah. So Yeah. Absolutely one of the classics that people who have not watched it, I would say please go and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me also um 9 on 10. um it's not something i would rewatch and rewatch uh, because it's such a hard topic and a good right, topic yeah. but but yeah definitely if you know if people are asking which are some of the best indian films to watch this will definitely be on the recommending list because one mani ratnam and then kamal hasan at least for these two people definitely i would be like watch it uh, it's a very yeah. well shot film um i did want to make one mention by the way which we slipped talking about is the art director um created the set of dharavi slums in chennai so only i think yeah. 15 minutes or something has been actually shot in the actual dharavi slums and rest of the movie was shot in chennai and i think that's great uh talent uh, and what came out on screen because you can't differentiate so yeah i thought i should call that out yeah so yeah for the listeners definitely go watch uh, this film if you haven't um especially the international listeners who are tuning into our podcast i would highly recommend it it's on youtube and it is there with subtitles 
I will share the link so yeah people can go watch So to our listeners, thank you for listening. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at underscore Talking Talkies. Uh, do subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes and do spread the word about the show to your friends. This has been your host, Benny. And Meenal. And we'll see you in the next movie.